Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to On the Breads with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith of A to Z Sports. And we are here to talk breads. Time for some hockey talk in your in your weekly uh, sports download. So we are here to do it. The Preds are still in the middle of summer. We are about a month away from training camp, supposedly. We haven't gotten a date yet, but it's probably about a month. And um, Sean, we are still a ways away from hockey, so here we are. Yeah, you know, we talked about the Wish Cup last weekend that uh, my son participated in, and even, even he's about... Uh, three weeks away from heading back to practice for the next season. So I'm uh, really just a hockey desert here at the house. This, this is the peak of the, well, not the peak, but this is the valley of, of hockey of the season where there's there's just nothing. There is nothing happening. Um, no. Yeah. So, but we're still here. I, we're going to talk. Go ahead. I did see that Patrick Line shaved his head. Yeah, that was a big thing as well. That's pretty uh, big news in Finland, just so you know. I think the only thing that happened this week that of note, like actually happened, was Nazem Kadri signed with the Islanders. So, like seven-year deal. All right, so, but we are going to continue with our talk of uh, ranking the Predators. So, uh, this might be a little shorter of an episode today, but that's okay. We're going to uh, plow right through. Um, we have already ranked the defensemen. We've ranked the goalies. I think that took a minute. Yeah, like just less, north of a, less minute. Than a minute. Yeah, the, the hard part took less than a minute. <laughs> uh, and uh, then last week we did centers as well. We ranked the centers. Uh, and today we're going to rank the wingers. So there's here's the problem, and this is the problem that Sean and I ran into this week, or yeah. in doing this. There's a lot of names on this wingers list that we really have no idea if this person is considered someone that is going to play in Nashville at all. If this is an outside, you know, bubble kind of person that might step in and play some games. Is this a healthy scratch kind of person? Is this a, a stick them in Milwaukee all season kind of person? Um, now there's some of those guys that are definitely going to be down in there. I mean, like I, I just don't, I don't really see a way that some of these guys are going to be in Nashville for a long time, long period of time. And we're talking about uh, Jankowski, Mark Jankowski, uh, Kiefer Sherwood, Marco Nermi, and John Leonard, and Zach Sanford. So there's like five people there. Uh, Sean, can you like really distinguish between any one of those guys as like, this guy's definitely going to get a chance, and this guy's definitely not going to get a chance? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I know more about Kip Winger than I do about any of those wingers. Exactly. And I think that it would be really a disservice for us to sit here and talk the, about the differences between Kiefer Sherwood and Mark Jankowski and John Leonard when 
the, the difference between those guys is so minor. And if one of them makes it versus the other, I just don't see any way that that's going to impact the, the, the long-term prospects of this team. Uh, that person will be a less than 10 games, less than five games, probably impact on the season. And it will be in an emergency like injury situation. Now, having said that, John, uh, Zach Sanford, Possibly is a, is a guy that that will probably that could see more time. I think Zach Sanford could be a, a guy that you that emerges. Uh, not to give away my rankings here, but um, so essentially what we did was we are going to rank eight different wingers. We're going to rank eight wingers because that's basically what you're going to see. There's there's going to be eight wingers a night, and we're going to hold that eighth spot for whoever among those Zach Sanford people are going to emerge. So when we start this at number eight, my number eight is going to be the person I think emerges from that group. And I think, I think I'm assuming Sean's is as well, assuming he's not so down on Ellie Tolvanen that he's put him eighth and put some unnamed guy like John Leonard above him. I would hope he didn't do no. that. No, but I couldn't do that. No, he couldn't do that. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, we're going to start with eight through four, uh, eight through five. So eight, seven, six, and five. Uh, and then we'll do the top four later. So uh, at number eight, who do you have at number eight, John? Who am I, I in that group? I, I feel like out of that group, and I'm I'm really I'm going to be honest. I'm curious to see what Nermi can do, just because I think I think maybe there's a little uh, little get up and go there that that we're going to see. But I think he's going to give people a run for their money. But I still think, much like I probably think you chose Zach Sanford is going to be number eight and probably. Get that I think started. I called. I think I called him Marco Nermi. I don't know why I said that. His name is Marcus Nermi. It's I'm okay. Sure that some people were yelling at me for <laughs> giving the wrong name. But, sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I do have Zach Sanford. I, Zach Sanford played quite a bit of minutes at the NHL level uh, compared to those other guys. Um, he signed a pretty decent contract with St. Louis, and then got traded to Ottawa, and then got traded to Winnipeg. I think he's probably an NHL player at this point. Yeah, he's probably number eight. So his, he his will name's probably, on the Stanley Cup. He what? His name's on the Stanley Cup. His name is on the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and not with Ottawa or with Winnipeg. No. So Zach Sanford probably uh, gonna make it, and I I think he'll probably be on that team. Now I I don't think that he's better than any of the other seven wingers, but I, I, he could he could move up. You know, I I could see him. Take, taking uh, taking the opportunity and and really making something of it in the op, sort of the opposite of Luke Cunning last year where he just had the opportunity and just didn't do anything with it. So, right. yeah. Number eight, Zach Sanford for me as well. All right. At number seven, I have Ellie Tolvanen. Is that who you have at number seven? That is who I have at number seven. Look at that. We didn't even plan this out. This is crazy. So let's just give – I want to give a little bit of background on how I ranked my players. I actually went pretty stats-heavy on this. Okay. And I went and looked at last year individual ex expected goals for per 60 minutes played. So this is like how many – because for the, for the most part, you want your wingers to be the ones that are going after the goals, right? You want, you want the, your wingers to be creating goals, mm -hmm. scoring goals – at the very least, creating offense that leads to goals. 
and right. not necessarily passing it, not necessarily from like a, a passing standpoint or a playmaking standpoint, but they need to be shooting and they need to be creating, you know, scoring the goals. And when we get, certainly when we get to the top of the list, there's guys that do that very easily. And so the expected goals is, is a, as a stat that I think for wingers really makes sense because it, it, like this shows, are they able to get in spaces and create shots that are more likely to lead goals than not? And I'm telling you right now, Ellie Tolbinen is at the bottom of the list of all the wingers and in this particular stat. 0.65 individual expected goals per 60 minutes. That is below Nick Cousins last year. That is below Luke Cunning last year. That is below Matt Luff last year. That is below Rocco Grimaldi. None of those guys are on the team anymore. That's not good. I mean, he's just not been a very quality scoring forward for a guy that was brought in here to be a quality scoring forward. Sean, thoughts? You know, I didn't look at stats like that. Really, you know, if you want to get into how I chose things, it was kind of like a scientific vibe check, really. That's, I mean, I don't know if there's a formula that we can really discuss. It's proprietary, so I don't want to let it out. um, I mean, kind of, there's some other stuff in there. But what you said, you know, if you look at the career trajectory of Ellie Tolvanen, he's someone who was expected to be a sniper and has that capability, but it's just not coming out at the NHL level. Um, And I I keep going back to what made him stick when he got his chance to come up and play in Nashville was what he had learned to do away from the puck while he was in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. That's not something you're going to expect to see translate into goals. And so there's that potential that's there, but we, we haven't seen it. And until we start seeing it, then I'll assume that he he sticks around purely on a defensive level and the fact that there is some potential there. Um, and I'd, I'd love to say that I could rank him higher because I knew something that he'd worked on or had <laughs> gotten better, um, and we could expect to see more scoring out of it, and I'm sure a lot of people would be in the same boat with me. But unfortunately, I, I, I don't know. I don't have any of that information. But mm-hmm. i also say, too, you know, if you want to talk stats, he's, he's a negative two on uh, inches above six feet. So yep. Um, Quality set. He's he's that yeah. doesn't have the height. Doesn't have the height. I, I think he's probably looking at a fourth line role this season. I mean I, I, unless for some reason he gets a shot with Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter on that second line. Yeah. He's gonna be a fourth liner and, and he's just gonna have to he's just gonna have to find offense where he can get it. I he's 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 honestly he probably saved his roster spot by improving his sort of all-around game last year i mean as you kind of talked about like he if he didn't do that i mean he just probably wouldn't he probably has traded or i don't not on the team and somehow i i don't know it it, it's really not fun to watch a guy fall that far but you know we'll we'll see what happens this year maybe he finds it again all right so at number six who who do you have at number six Oh, num- number six. Um, number six. And I'm not, you know, I think I can explain this away, but you, we may have someone different here. And it's okay if we, uh, we, we split here on being the same, of course. But I've got Yakov Trenin. We do have someone different. Who do you have? I'll tell you in a second. Tell me about Yakov Trenin. Yakov Trenin, I think, is it's it's interesting because I I would sing his praises. I think he's had a very good season. Um, I think he 
is doing a lot of the things he needs to do to make a case for himself to stay not just in an NHL roster, but but in a in a good spot, not you know falling down to the fourth line. Yes, he's playing on a very physically heavy line with uh, Tanner Janot and Colton Sissons, but you know he can also score and he can also look like he's in charge on the ice when he when he when he gets the opportunity um, with the puck. So I, I think if you're you're looking at stats from last year, there's a part of me that's looking at potential, and so I have. Mm, yeah somebody ranked higher than him that I think is going to have a breakout year. And that's, that's a gamble and I could be wrong and that's fine. I get told I'm wrong a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, that that's where I've got him right now. I, maybe he'll make me regret that ranking. I hope so. Um, if he's out there listening, he can, he can tell me, he's like, Hey, I'm gonna prove you wrong. And I'll, I'll gladly accept that challenge. So um, that's where I've got him right now, but I, I feel like, I feel like somebody that I have ranked a little bit higher is going to have a breakout year. Uh, well, it's interesting. So yes, I, we, we do have Jakob trending in different spots and I think my next, I think my number six might be who you're talking about. Let's see. My, my number six is Tanner Janot. That's not who I was talking about. So Tanner, okay. Tanner Janot. And I want to, I want to mention um, a little bit about uh, Jakob Trenner when we get there. Um, Cause there's a reason I have him a, a, a little higher, but Tanner's no six, six best four. Now let's remember what that means. That does not mean he's a candidate to be cut. Right. I mean, this is, right. we're talking about a guy that's a, a top nine forward. Right. I, I mean, I yeah. think it's pretty clear, like he's going to be playing with Colton Sissons and Jakob Trenner on the third line. That's and, and really by minutes that line gets second line minutes. So right. Like Tanner's no still excellent forward. Doesn't really say anything. I mean, if I put him at seventh, I think if either of either of us had put those guys at seven, that would be a, an alarm bell, right? But right. I think Tanner's no the, the one the one issue and the why I have him lower than Trennan specifically. Um, you know, I think his physicality is great. I think his his penalty problems are a little bit uh kind of um, um, it's holding him back from being kind of what he could be, I think. And I, I also think, you know, based on, based on the expected, expected goal stats. So he's, he comes in at sixth among all forwards, 0.79. So that's considerably higher than uh, um, whoever I just mentioned, Tolvanen. But it's, le- it's much less than, than Trennan. It's less than Tomasino. It's even less than Grimaldi in his, in the, his, little, his little time last year. Um, and it's obviously less than Forsberg and Duchesne. I think Tanner Snow has all the weapons to be, to be like a very, very good forward. I think that's why he's probably going to make the most money on that line. I just think he has to rein in the penalties a little bit. Like he just needs to cut it back. He just needs to be a little bit more disciplined. It's a tough, tough assignment for a guy that's as physical as he is. But if he just can cut that back a little bit, um, and be a little bit more reliable and be more in the, be on the ice more and not in the box more. That's that's about it. That's about the only difference. In addition to one thing that Jakob Trenin does that I think is, is why I put him higher. But that's that's not a bad argument, though. I mean, penalty problems, sure, they're definitely there. But I I don't know if you've been looking at stats. Maybe I know a lot of those minutes are majors from fighting. So I'm, yeah, I'm wondering when it comes down to actual you know minor penalties. But that's five um, minutes that he's not in the game, to, you know. That's five minutes he's not in the game. That's that's five minutes that t- that John Hines cannot put that line on the ice. 
You're you're one hundred percent right, Alex. You're you're one hundred percent right. I guess to me, and I, I don't want to get into my future rankings yet because I know we need to save a little bit of mystery out there. Everybody likes that; they like not knowing. Um, but I I just think that he's put enough of the pieces together that maybe his main role on the team will not be to have to fight everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just something I'm feeling in my heart. Mm-hmm. It's based on purely on vibes, scientific vibes. Let's I don't go know who they're. Yeah. I, I got you. I, I don't go. know. And I, go ahead. I was going to say this. I, I think you, you mentioned with Tolvin and, um, didn't know if he'd get a chance to play any higher than the fourth line. I feel like a lot of these guys are going to get an opportunity during training camp to really try to see if they can play up higher. I, I feel like there's this crazy part of me that feels like there's a some kind of closer to the start of the season signing of a you know maybe a veteran or cheaper forward that they're thinking could be able to play um, across from Niederreiter and, and whoever's the center on the second line. Um, yeah. you know, probably Granlin or, or Johansson. I'm not sure, but you know, I think there's going to be a lot of guys to get an opportunity in camp to see if they can hang. And if somebody can distinguish themselves, maybe it makes the necessity of that, that deal, a, a moot point. But, um, you know, I think when you look at a guy like Trennan, which is why I was going back to my number six ranking here. When you look at a guy like Trennan, we know where he's going to play. Um, I don't really feel like he's going to end up on the second line. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, for sure. So I guess, I guess that's kind of where my head is. Okay. Um, number five for me is Philip Tomasino. What's number five for you? Number five for me is also Philip Tomasino. So we nailed it. Okay. So, yeah, we flip-flopped those uh, Janot Trennan pretty hard. Um, here's what I'll say about Tomasino. I think I think he's primed to break out, and I think that's kind of where you're going. Is that where you're going? Yeah, okay. 100%. Primed, primed to break out. I think he's definitely going to have the chances because if they put Tomasino with Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter, Tomasino could have 20 goals just getting up out of bed in the morning. Like oh, he's yeah, gonna have easy. So many chances. And he'll have 50 points easy, like easy 50 points with those two guys. I think, I think he's going to get the chances that Tolvin had never really got. Um, and I, I hate saying that because um, I feel like there were so many opportunities last season where there was just questionable choices on the second line when it came to the wing. And I feel like they've moved on from that experiment. And it's kind of time, like, okay, we got to get somebody up there that can get some stuff done. You go into training camp with all of these guys gunning for that spot, knowing that the third line more than likely is kind of settled. Um, I think Tomasino is going to be the one to distinguish himself. I think he's going to solidify himself pretty quickly and early on that he belongs on that second line. And I think he's going to prove it real quick. Yeah, skills-wise, I think he's just like so clearly a, a top – five play five winger and yeah I, I guess like I said I, I, I think he's gonna have so many chances and I saw a lot of things he started to get up to the pace of play a little bit more like he kind of was not quite there I think rookie camp maybe kind of 
put him in a different frame of mind in terms of the speed of the game. And then when he got to the league, I mean, you know, we talked to John Hines about him having some growing pains early on. And like by Christmas, it was like, they were like, we need you to find another gear. And then he started to do that. He started his second half was better than his first half. So um, yeah, I think he's probably going to have a breakout. Now we do want to get to the top four. I think our top four is a little different. I, I have someone in my top four that you don't. And I know that the same thing goes for you. I wonder if the rest of our order is the same. But uh, before we do that, I want to talk about relax the back. Oh, you want to live, leave. If you want to li- live, live better, feel better, sleep better every day, you got to check out relax the back. Now, remember, their store in Green Hills is still going under a renovation. So uh, pretty soon that'll be done and you can go back to the store. But when you do, you got to go check out the store because they have a ton of customized comfort options for the office, for relaxing at home and for sleeping at night ergonomic office chairs, zero gravity chairs, uh, all kinds of beds and mattresses and pillows and comfort for your sleeping positions, all that stuff that you need. Uh, if you're having a, if you recovering from a workout or an injury, massage chairs, recliners, foot massagers, back massagers, all of it right there in the store. You've just got to check it out. And, and again, once they've done, they're done renovating, you got to check it out. 2020 Glen Echo road, right there in green Hills, a sleep agent is on hand every day. You got to go talk to Glenn. He owns the store and he will tell you all about the four pillars of wellness. And they are healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. Relax the back. Check it out. Okay. Top four. Oh, boy. Who is your number four? Who do you think it is? I. Wait, no. I, I guess it's Tanner to know. It's Tanner Cheneau. Okay. Now I want to explain why. Now you had him a little bit lower, um, but I feel like, I mean, there's the goal scoring, sure. There's the physicality. I mean, there's there's all of these things, and of course, you your big knock was was penalty minutes, and that's understandable. Um, I'm going to say that penalty minutes from Tanner Cheneau was not the problem for the Predators last year, and I feel like he really has a major impact on the whole team when he's on the ice. Not just the guys that are on the ice with him, not just the guys that are on the ice against him, but everybody that's playing the game. And granted, you know, there's guys I have higher because I think they have a lot more skill, um, but I put him higher than I did Tomasino and higher than I did Trennan because I feel like he's just that much more valuable to the team. I can can definitely – Get behind that. Um, his impact leadership wise, you already saw that last year. I mean, he's like really becoming a voice on the team. And yeah. um oh boy, I, I I mean I did not see that coming prior to prior to last year. So he he's no. done it very quickly. So my number four is Jakob Trennan. Um, here's the stats I'll give you on Jakob Trennan. All right. So and the, these really stuck out to me. First of all, his expect individual expected goals, third highest on the team. That's impressive. So just by, only behind Phil Forsberg, Matt Duchesne in terms of in terms of uh, wings, actually in terms of everybody on this, what I'm looking at, but it, it, in terms of wings and centers, third in ex- individual expected goals, 0.89 per 60. So he does that. But what also he does, this guy is so hard to get off the puck. He has fewer giveaways per 60 than Forsberg, Duchesne, Tomasino, Jano, uh, McCarr- well, McCarron, uh, 
um, it basically any four. There's a few that have the, the few that have um, uh, fewer than him, but he's hard to get off the puck, and that is something that the Predators really, really needed last year. They needed to be stronger on the puck. He's very good at that, but he also is a hit machine. I mean, when he doesn't have the puck, he's gonna get it back. He, if he doesn't have the puck, he's going to get it back pretty quickly, and he's going to hold on to it. That and, and to have that, all that and then also have a really, really nice, like, individual expected goals number and, and good finishing numbers, too. I mean, he finished with, what, 17 goals? Um, Jakob Trenin just seems to me like one, one of the best forwards on the team. I mean, he's one of the top four. I, again, I'm going to go back and say I don't I don't have a problem with you ranking him there at all. I think I, I honestly between four, five, and six for me, I think those spaces are really tight, and I think it has a lot to do with kind of those unknown factors, the potential of some players, the leadership of others, um, things like that. So when you start kind of juggling all those different factors into this equation, and I know that there's not really an official equation, but uh, it, it makes it kind of tricky to say. I mean, I feel like we're all saying we're ranking them in certain places for the same reasons, just mm -hmm. in different places. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Who's your number three? Number three, I have Nino Niederreiter. That's who I have. I bet our really? top three is the same, but go ahead. Yep. We didn't even plan this out. We didn't nope. even plan this out. Um, the thing I the thing I like about Niederreiter is, is and it's, Although it's very I, evident I, when you – I actually was thinking about changing Nino Niederreiter, but I ultimately landed with him with third. So go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm curious to hear your rationale behind that. Um, that's an interesting prospect. Um, I, the thing I like about Niederreiter, and I think it's, he's one of those guys, I think that having the opportunity to play so many games against him um, season before last, it's it's someone that you you kind of dread being out on the ice. And normally when you're you've got a player, someone that I've heard mentioned before, someone like Mark Borvietsky, I remember uh, I think it was Yossi made the comment that when he heard that they got Borvietsky, that he was just glad he was going to be on his team for once and not against him. Um, usually when you hear that, it's about somebody who is a heavy hitter because they uh, play a strong physical game. But Niederreiter is somebody that can do that and score goals at the same time. Um, and I think that's, that's something that the team has really leaned into and really embraced. I think it's a really good fit. Um, he's not as, in my opinion, as pure of a goal scorer as the guys I have ahead of him. But, um, I think playing on a team that kind of matches his identity exactly, he's going to have an opportunity to score a lot more. So I think what he's going to be able to do remains to be seen. Um, but I think it'll be good. Yeah. So I was actually – the reason I thought about changing Nino Niederreiter's spot is I was thinking about putting him higher, not lower. I was thinking about putting that's, him higher I that's because what you meant. I realized, um, you know, I was looking at last year's Preds team, looking at individual expected goals, and uh, Nino Niederreiter's not on that list because he didn't play. No. So uh, he, had a, he had a higher number than everyone on the Predators. He had the highest really? expected goals. He had higher than Forsberg, higher than Duchesne. Um, and that's pretty interesting. Uh, I think part that's definitely a factor of, of him being on such a high-powered offense and playing in a totally different scenario than the other guys. Because it's sometimes about getting the opportunities, right? So, like, he 
some of these other guys might have a lower number th- there because they just didn't get as many opportunities, even though it is a rate. But right. So Nino Niederreiter is third. Uh, I th- I think Niederreiter is just going to be such a huge. Im- he's going to be such a big impact for Ryan Johansson. I, I think, assuming that that's where he plays, which would be the the perfect fit to to me. Man, that's that's going to be really interesting to watch because because Johansson has needed a really good offensive player alongside him for about four years now. Yeah. Ever since he lost James Neal. Yeah. Uh, and I I don't I don't think that I don't think Nino Niederreiter needs to play anywhere else. I think they keep Forsberg, Granlin, Duchesne around, and then they roll out roll out Niederreiter on the second line. So I got him third, and then that means second I have um, second I have Matt Duchesne. Is that who you got second? Uh, I'd like to hear your reasoning before I say anything. Okay. Uh, well, I mean Matt Duchesne, I <laughs> I don't I don't think it's there's there's not a ton of difference between him and, and Forsberg. Maybe part of it is I think Duchesne. I, th- I think we can probably say he got a little lucky last year. I think he got luckier than Forsberg. Right. 18.9% and on a career shooting percentage of 13.9%. So he's like a couple clicks above his average. But you could also say he was recovering from the bad luck of the first two years. So like he had shot very poorly, well below his average those years. So like I think just an average year from him is going to be like him shooting 13%. He's going to get 30 goals. And that's great. That's a really solid, you know, number two winger. Uh, Forsberg, though, I think we expect is more like a forty goal guy. Like that's kind of what his style is. That's like he, if he plays every night, he's gonna, he's such a, a threat physically and 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 skill wise that he should be able to score forty goals a year. Duchesne, a little bit more of a thirty goal guy because he's he's a little bit better of a passer, a little bit more of a playmaker on the wing side. So that's kind of why I put him there. Uh, I think he's second. Forsberg first. I pretty much agree with you exactly. I mean, that if, if you were going to ask me to give a very well-reasoned um, response to why I have Duchesne second, um, then that's pretty much what it would be. I, I think, like you said, you think you got a little more lucky, a shooting percentage or a scoring percentage or whatever the percentage is that you were shooting talking percentage, about. Yeah. Shooting percentage is, is pretty high, um, you know, Seems more like a consistent thirty goal score. Well, what are the what play. are the vibes? What are the vibes with well, Duchesne and Forsberg? What's the vibe? Here's the thing. Like, here's the thing, and it, it it's funny what it's all based off of. Um, it's all about country music, and I know what you're gonna say. Like, Matt Duchesne loves country music. Am I right? I believe that he does. Yes, that is. I mean, that has been it's something by multiple outlets. Um, I think anyone could confirm that news. Let me, let me just say this. It's true that Matt Duchesne loves country music, but if you go back to the schoolyard and people talk about loving something or liking something, you know, the response is, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it? And from what I can tell, Matt Duchesne is not married to a country music singer. Oh, but man. you know who is? That's a good point. It's Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg. He went yeah. ahead and made it official. And I'm not saying that this is because he loves country music. It's about commitment, right? Yeah. He yeah. did marry country music. He loved it so much he married it. Just like on the ice, <laughs> he's going to score 40 goals when he gets a full season under his belt. And I want to point out, too, 
Matt Duchesne played in 78 regular season games last season, and he was able to score one more goal and have one more assist than Forsberg. Forsberg mm-hmm. only played in 69 games last season. Yeah. And, I mean, if he had played in all of those games, you'd have to expect that those numbers would have been higher. Yeah, For- Forsberg definitely would have would have beaten him in the goal race for sure. And that's, yeah. So, Forsberg number one. Uh, there, to, to, I think there's no argument really that he's the best winger on the team. I think he's the individual best, like offensive threat. I mean, Yossi is like sort of the the engine that runs everything. I mean, the whole offense runs around Roman Yossi, but Forsberg is the biggest offensive threat on the team. When there is a goal that needs to be scored, Forsberg is the the guy that needs to make it happen every time. Yep. Duchesne is right there. But I think it has to be Forsberg almost every time. Yossi, again, Yossi runs the offense. The entire offense is built around Yossi. Yep. But, you know, it's it's just like a running game to a passing attack. Like, you've, you've got to have that, like, that fuel going first, and then you score through the air, you know, kind of thing. So um, just while we're covering all the football bases, it's a good contractually obligated we have to mention <laughs> football. Have to. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I guess maybe just I'm assuming no one is surprised that we didn't put, you know, Matt Luff in the top eight. Uh, I guess he's not around anymore, is he? He's not on the team, I guess. Yeah, he didn't get he didn't he got he got picked up by somebody. Didn't he? Did he sign a contract somewhere? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not I wasn't following the Matt Luff okay. saga. And then I there's know that that's probably of, shocking. There's plenty of guys that could make appearances next year. I mean, obviously, we, we already mentioned the, the, the Sherwood, the Jankowski. Of course, Cole Smith back at it again, back in the saddle. Cole Smith right there. Uh, we're really intrigued by Yuso Parson. I'm I'm pretty intrigued mm. by that. Could we see Luke Evangelista, a, Igor Afanasiev? Could we even see a Joachim Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, crushing it in the World Juniors? So it's true. He is having a good World Juniors. And you know who else had a good World Juniors? Ellie Tolfinen. Oh, yeah. That's true. All right. Well, <laughs> so let's, not get, let's not ride that horse too far. We don't want to break it. Um, I'll point out, too, I, and just back to, you know, if you really want to get into, I know I was I was just, I was doing a little bit of research, um, Alex, uh-huh. and I saw, I, I found some stats that I think are really going to shock you. And I think, you know, if nothing else, I think, you can kind of settle the whole Forsberg Duchesne debate this way too. Um, and this may be a little shocking. I don't want anybody to freak out, but Forsberg is, uh, you know, when it comes to inches above six feet, he's a plus one. Duchesne is a minus one. Duchesne is a minus one. He's a minus one. I don't think that that makes all the difference in the world, but I mean, it's hard to argue with stats. As we've said many times on the show. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for our show today. Thank you very much for listening to us again. And, uh, you know, uh, next week we will be um, – we're done with the rankings, so we're going to come up with something else to talk about over the next month. I'm not sure what it will be, but we'll, we'll, we'll be right back at it next week. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, you can check out all of our hockey coverage at agencysports.com. Sean's probably going to be having a, an article posted there very soon. Um, he's finally on board with us. So you can follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Follow him on Twitter at SCSNSH. And we'll see everyone next week. <laughs>